Miss Keish Speaks. Hey, hey. Tell them what it's it is. Focus on the power of relationships. It's your passion, it's your flavor, what's in you. Your secret sauce is Open your secret sauce. In your favor, you'll drive your hunger. There's nothing stronger than you. No one can take it, they can't steal it, they can't mimic it, and they cannot copy it. S-U-P-E-R-R, super, P-O-W-E-R, power. Networking truly is your superpower. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Networking. It's your superpower. I'm your host, Keisha Kent. And on this podcast, we talk about the power of networking, all the relationships that we get to connect with. I bring you diverse leaders. And the biggest thing is I want you to get this. Diversity of thought is a gift. As a leader in the space of diversity, equity, and inclusion, I get to talk to so many amazing individuals. I have over 20 years of recruitment and human resource experience, and I've been networking for such a long time. I want you to make sure that you stay tuned, you share the podcast, and you keep coming back because the one thing I'll say is you will be stretched in your thinking, and it's always my goal to bring laughter and joy to this table. Keep tuning in. Hello, my friend. Hi, Keisha. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I am very well. Good, good, good. Welcome to Networking. It's your superpower. (laughs) (laughs) Good to have you on here. And you know, I know who you are, but tell my listeners who you are. Tell them a little bit about you. Tell them your name and who you are. My name is Farzana Chohan. Officially, I go with Dr. Farzana Chohan also. But if you are a friend for a long time, you just call me Farzana. (laughs) (laughs) And if you look at the spelling of my name, it will be easier. Who I am, I have a journey in life uh, where I have evolved over the period of time. Originally, I am an architect. So my undergrad and my master's is in architecture. And I practiced in architecture for a long time. Okay. uh, Globally. And uh, my project focus was healthcare architecture, meaning I worked on different hospital project types, different research lab buildings. Okay. And as I gain experience and leadership in architectural world, I also got involved with a nonprofit. And being a leader in a nonprofit world and in a for-profit world has given me insights into how we treat each other, how people perceive each other. Um, we call them different kind of uh, perceptions or stereotypes. Uh, But without getting into the details of that, that had put me on a pursuit of writing about what we understand uh, from the word leader and the word leadership and uh, how uh, women are perceived as leaders or why they are not perceived as leaders, especially Uh in STEM field. So I I wrote a book uh, after many years, which is titled as Leadership in Women. And I start an uh, advocacy platform that women should be more included in the higher leadership roles. 
that book and that thought leadership led me to the another writing uh, in 2014 after uh, Michael Brown's uh, event in St. Louis. And I wrote that book for seven years and I just published it. The concept of that book is that how subtle we are, how very quietly we practice unconscious biases ourselves while we are telling each other or others that, oh, you might want to look at uh, what you are doing. But uh -huh. we forget to look at ourselves, that what we are doing, we might be from the same group. Uh, for example, I'll give you my example. I might be from a group which you, for the lack of any better term, you say we are all brown, but then we have our own biases towards each other also, correct? So it is an inter internal uh, intrinsic bias, which we don't talk about. We have, and we need to talk about all kinds of biases, but I think we also need to uh, look at intrinsic bias uh, along with the extrinsic bias mm. or extrinsic biases because it is not just one single, we are very selective uh, human beings. So it is a long answer to your short question. But right now, <laughs> but right now I am uh, focused on human-centered leadership and how right. we can make our world a better place in professions, in work environment, and in business and entrepreneurial world. I love that so much. Thank you for breaking it down. Thank you for the feedback. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because I know all of this amazingness about you and I know my guests don't or my listeners don't know. So I would love I'm thanking you over and over and over for all of that that you gave. I needed every word that you said. So thank you. And it really sat well with my spirit. And again, I want to remind everyone on the podcast who's listening all of you guys, Frazana is such an amazing, what happened there, Frazana? What was that? That was a phone. Oh my gosh, because we're going to hear all of that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut all of this out and then we'll just keep going. I'll edit. Okay. So I want, again, thank you for giving me all of that feedback and I love everything that you said because I know who you are. But what I would love for you to do is to tell my listeners how we met. Do you remember how we initially met? <laughs> Hi, Keisha. I don't know how we initially met since my lifetime, especially in Midwest and St. Louis. Uh, I have, I am trying to remember, I have a vague memory, but we met at one of the networking events and uh, probably one of the famous places in St. Louis. And I we attended did. your- We met at Venture Cafe, you're right. We met, at, we met at Venture Cafe. I attended your event and I believe once you, uh, and you attended my event also because we both <laughs> have presented at Venture Cafe. And through yes. that networking, uh, it turns out that our paths have collided at many different places. It was not just one networking location or one networking event. We, right. Now we know each other through multiple connections, multiple, <laughs> uh, multiple networking uh, organizations. And it is interesting that how it has spanned to, to a place where 
I don't even remember. I think I just know you since a long time in my life. <laughs> I know. It feels like we've known each other for so long. And we're also a part of Toastmasters together, which I've seen you in Toastmasters as a leader. And it's it's it really reminds me of this, you guys, because we always think about the people that are closest to us. And I was talking with Ming Shelby. And one of the things that she reminded me, she said, we are the sum total of the five closest people to us and the five people that we network around and building our network. We want to make sure that we're amongst amazing people. So again, I thank you for saying yes to the podcast, but I thank you for being in my life in real access where I can text you. I can email you. I can call you if I need to. I can hop on LinkedIn. I can find you through Toastmasters. There's so many ways that you've connected. And I love the fact that we've had an opportunity to stay connected, even in the pandemic. It's been such a gift. It has been such a gift. And uh, you brought up Toastmasters International. And uh, now you are following the path which I have done. So Toastmasters (laughs) provide a great leadership platform to develop your skill set, both in communication and leadership uh, and and we both know, I am sure your audience, some of them know, that Toastmasters have over 300,000 members around the world in 143 countries. So that is one of the great networking platform you can get on. And during this pandemic, you can attend any meeting anywhere in the world, anytime, 24-7. Oh, I love that. And I forgot to mention that piece. So I appreciate you for saying it because I haven't told my listeners about how amazing Toastmasters is and all of these countries that people are really showing up and being developed as leaders. That's an amazing piece. Now, Farzana, I want to ask you, when it comes to networking, what would you say is your networking style? How do you meet new people that you don't already know? What do you do? This what do I do? It is, uh, I think it is uh, your capability as a human being to connect with another human being. So mm-hmm. I will start with a very basic example. We don't realize, but when we, and these days we only go for a grocery shopping, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> when you meet someone in the aisle or when you uh, meet someone at the cash register, or if you are at an office or doctor's office or dental office and you strike a conversation with a total stranger, that is how you start networking. We have both formal and informal kinds of networking. Uh-huh, Networkings uh-huh. are what we do at Venture Cafe and at other uh, places, uh, uh, BNI and Toastmasters International, you name it. And there are different kinds of formal networking events. But informal networking it plays a huge role also. Um, and how I, uh, how I meet people... I have um, I have learned and I have an, a very empathetic nature so I can look at a person's face and can get a feeling that what kind of uh, a day it is for uh, her or him. And I can ask that simple question, how are you doing? And, and that's good. And that opens up a door for conversation. Uh, sometimes it feels like you are intruding. But at other time, we are lonely, both professionally and personally. We want to hear us. So asking that question genuinely and having a time, two minutes to five minutes to listen to the answer, not just uh, go straight by and pass. So I connect through 
both formal and informal networking events based on my professional association, based on my volunteer association, based on my interest also. Your hobby yeah. can be a great networking places also. I love I love it. I love to photograph. So when I was active oh. photography, I used to go to different photographic events, photographic clubs also and meet people that way. So there is whole galaxy of network which you can create uh-huh. around yourself. It just does not have to be straightforward, linear, formal networking. Think outside of the box. Connect as many dots as you can in your life and network with them. You can network with your nephews, nieces, friends from college. Yes, ma'am. All different. And so I am not preaching to the choir. You, that's what you do. <laughs> I'm glad that you said it because people need to hear it other than me saying it. So yes, that is absolutely it. And when we think about all of those things in COVID, how things have shifted a little bit, how has your business or the things that you do within your career, how have they shifted during COVID? What have you done to stay connected with people intentionally during COVID? What is, what's been your strategy? So if this can remain a secret between us and the listeners, <laughs> uh, COVID has been really hard for me. Uh, I, I am such a people's person. And I was traveling and meeting a lot for my region advisor role. And all of a sudden, when COVID happened, all the human interaction is, is stopped. And I am the one who will, as I said, I can look at a person's face and tell what kind of a day they are having. It was really, really hard for me. And for first a few months, I don't, I had no idea how to pivot myself. I just did not want it to do anything. And I'm sure we all have gone through those phases in our life. Uh, I was the same way. Yeah, it was almost like life has ended. Then I started looking at what I was doing. And if I cannot interact physically with people, what else can I do? So I had, uh, as I talked about the book, uh, uh, the title of the book is Subtle, (laughs) S-U-B-T-L-E. And I worked on it and made a promise to myself that I'm going to publish it. So I worked on that book uh, very uh, in a very focused way. And I published that book um, uh, in, in uh, early February of this year. Yay! Congratulations! Thank you. <laughs> Another thing which I wanted to, when you go through a, a loss or a grief process, and I call pandemic, uh, has given us a great uh, grief. Uh, I also wrote. I, a, I also wrote a poem book, and I published it before the end of the year. And the title of that poem book is "Death of My Beloved Life," and it is. focused on what pandemic has done to us it's a short book but uh, how you can so I think strategies can be different for different people but uh, now I am very focused on providing uh, strategic advising and consultancy services for work cultures to have more inclusion and equity in their uh, work environments rather than just uh, doing, uh, for the lack of any better word, word, rather than just be uh, doing tokenism about it, that, oh, yes, we will have inclusion, we will include uh, all genders and uh, all uh, colors and all ethnicity. We really need to 
do something practically about it. And that is what my focus is, that how we can incorporate the practices of inclusion and equity in our workforce, in our corporate world. And, and it is very possible. It is not something which is impossible. We just have to be very intentional. So I think actually COVID has given me a time for reflection and uh, and think about what is really important in life uh, at the end of our life, what we want to leave behind. And I am, I am working on that. I love it, Farzana. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love that you've done that. And I appreciate your transparency because when I think about how COVID has affected people like you and I who love to meet people, it really was a big deal. I love the title of the book, Death of My Beloved Life. (laughs) I love that. And I can't wait to read the poems. And when I think about truly being okay and shifting at some point you had to decide that, okay, I know I need to do something different. When did that, that pivot happen during, when, when was that, that there was a light bulb that came on that you needed to do something different? When did that happen? I will say uh, after, like I was in the fifth or sixth month of the COVID and it was looking like that COVID is not, I mean, the way we are living is not going to just change overnight back to the life we were living Mm -hmm. in uh, February or March of 2020. At that point, we are human beings. We are very resilient. And when we set our heart on something, we are able to transform. We are able to change. And it happened, I I will say, between four, five, or six months. It was a gradual process. As we say, there are several stages of grief and and loss as you go through it you finally accept the fact so once I was over the denial that this is not happening in the world that we cannot travel we cannot meet people and and Mm -hmm. acceptance came into play then I how I can improve this for other people that's good. I love that so much. And I want to ask you, what type of advice would you give people who are in their careers, they're needing to shift, they're needing to pivot, or maybe they're an entrepreneur? What kind of advice would you leave for them? So world before COVID was very focused on how we can make profit, how we can generate lots and lots of money. Uh, COVID has given a, us a pause to look at who we really are, what we really want to do. Because if you do something from uh, you uh, from your heart, which what you are passionate about, then it helps you in pivoting in a very meaningful way. Um, for example, yourself, Keisha, you love to meet people, correct? Uh, you could yes, have ma'am. been out of your house 24-7 if there was not family members. But even during the COVID, you have uh, you have figured out, you have found your way how to still network. Similarly, because you love networking, you and not networking, you love meeting with people, human beings. Likewise, yes. if someone is passionate about doing something different, what they are doing, I'll give my example. I am an architect, uh, but I also love photographer mm-hmm. uh, photography. I also love writing. I also, and I can, I can combine all of them and become uh, something little different in terms of what our title is, but really who we are. 
So if you focus on what your passion is and what you really want to leave behind, those two factors will give you a right path uh, to, to, to shift. And money is important uh, for uh, surviving, living, paying your bills. So anything you're passionate about, it also brings in money if you start working in that direction. So good. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. This has been such an amazing opportunity to have you with all of your expertise on the podcast. Thank you again for saying yes. I want to ask you to share with us any wins, any things that you've accomplished. I know you wrote a book. You wrote two books this year, which is thebomb.com. So exciting (laughs) to hear that. But what else do you have coming up? What's what's coming up for you? So I am working on um, um, taking it beyond writing. Uh, I want uh, corporations and uh, organizational world to actually start uh, uh, coming up with programs and, uh, and tools to have inclusion in their fold. We are talking a lot about diversity, inclusion, equity, and belonging but how we are incorporating it. The incorporation piece is is still in its early stage. So my focus is to make it uh, full-blown and help uh, the world in the working world in that way. And specifically because I come from uh, a a profession which is kind of unusual. It falls under STEM, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics uh, uh, track. So I also want to focus on that world uh, to realize uh, the importance of DEI and B and specifically inclusion because uh, women at the top leadership level in architectural firms are still under eight to 10% in USA, in America. We are not talking about any other part of the world. So we need to look at that. So that is what is uh, my focus is I am also part of uh, uh, leadership uh, uh, in Toastmasters International, and I am trying to uh, be on the next level uh, as an international uh, office uh, director. Oh, nice. And then um, I will continue. I also am a volunteer, so I I am a volunteer board member for women in healthcare also. And that is very dear to my heart. And it is a very good organization in what they are providing as a platform, as a collaborative platform. Uh So I am working on that. So I have uh, a few things uh, which I am working on. And I am very, uh, I am very blessed in that regard that I have things which I can work on and feel that I have made a positive contribution. And any human being uh, you can help in your life at any point is always a good thing. It gives you a good feeling and a motivation to do more. Yes, that's so true. That is so true. And again, Farzana, it has been such a gift to have you 
on the podcast, or should I say Dr. Farzana Chohan. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for saying yes. And I look forward to seeing you in all the things. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all of your wisdom that you shared. And again, it's been a joy. Keisha, I want to thank you for your friendship, for being a great human being in my life. I always learn uh, from you. And I am always uh, fascinated by your energy and by your <laughs> and by your humanness. Uh, so thank you for inviting me to be on your podcast and having such a great uh, conversation. Thank you, my friend. I will see you soon, and I appreciate you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you. you stay safe. Take care. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Networking, It's Your Superpower. Now remember, networking truly is your superpower, but you must be intentional about the entire process. I've been getting a lot of messages and questions about how and where to start. So I created a free networking starter kit. Yes, it's free. The way you find this and the way you get access is you go to my Instagram, Follow me on Instagram and then go and click the link in my bio and download the free networking starter kit. Yes, it's been created with you in mind and it's so super simple to follow. Again, follow me first on Instagram, Mrs. Keish, M-R-S-K-E-S-H Speaks, S-P-E-A-K-S. I'll see you around. Happy networking.